Today we talk about the longest serving prisoner at Guantanamo. His name is Saifullah Baracha. He was termed as a forever prisoner. Uh, he was initially uh, kidnapped, many would describe it, uh, on suspicion of ties or allegations of ties to Al-Qaeda in 2003. He was never charged with the crime during the more than 17 years he was detained at the U.S. base in Cuba. In May 2021, he was informed that he had been approved for release by the review board established under former President Barack Obama. He was finally repatriated to Pakistan in uh, October last year. Now, joining us on the line, we have Mansoor Adeifi, an ex-prisoner uh, at Guantanamo, and he calls Paracha his second father. He is a project coordinator for CAGE and joins us this morning on the line. Mansoor, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to Radio Islam International. And good morning to you and to everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. No, it's a pleasure. T- tell our listeners uh, in brief a little bit more about Saifullah Paracha. We understand that both he and his son uh, were, were taken into custody, but his son uh, spent time in a prison in the U.S., and he then became the longest-serving prisoner at Guantanamo and now released at the age of about 75, 76, back to his native Pakistan. Yeah, I mean, like, Saifullah Bracha was brought to Guantanamo because of his son. They needed evidence against his son. So basically, the, he was, uh, his partner asked him to travel to Bangkok, where he was arrested, and brought to Guantanamo. They tried to find some evidence against his son. His son was convicted and, you know, uh, spent 16 years at, at release. The father, however, spent like over 17 years, no charges, nothing against him. He was spent like a year in the black site in, 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 in Pagram, then shipped to Guantanamo where he spent like around uh, 17 years. Mm. So I come to, we come to know at the president, he's a businessman, extremely educated, lived in the United States for almost like 17 years. He has his own business and his life and family and so on. And in the detention, when we uh, first heard about him, there's like an old Pakistani man and he was really interested. I mean, like, he kind of like a father, someone who, when you look at him, it's like just uh, a, a normal person, the one who, like, care about everyone. So he started teaching prisoners, business, English, and so on. But at the beginning, I didn't have, like, uh, we, we didn't meet only in t- late in 2010. Now, it seems like he did try many times to, to, to secure his release, but there were all these allegations about uh, trying to help someone who allegedly had ties with Al-Qaeda get uh, get a green card or get citizenship in the U.S., and he and his son were allegedly in on that entire uh, process. I mean, here's what Americans, uh, what, especially in Guantanamo, they try to tie you to anything, like, like in, in my story, for example, they said there was Al-Qaeda general, nine of an insider. And everyone, they because they try to justify your imprisonment, regardless whether true or false, it's just like that's what they what they were, were trying to do. Uh, I remember in 2015, CIA interrogators who met with Shasha came to the block and he said, I know you have nothing and I'm sorry, I pray for you, but our system is corrupted, literally word by word. I was like, I said, What? He said, yeah, but we can do nothing. I mean, we know he's an innocent man. Hmm. Now, many many Guantanamo detainees were, were sent to other countries, not to the country of their birth. He, Saifullah, was sent back to Pakistan. H- how do they make that determination? 
You know, the determination can, like, would be done by the United States government uh, if there is no risk of the prisoners sent to his uh, country or other country. Like, also there is, should be, like, uh, security measures will be in place that detainees should be monitored and restrictions and, and so on. So it's kind of like, what's the deal? What's the agreement? It's like, it's classified. Mm-hmm. In terms of the injustice now, you know, 17 years of a person's life and, and no charges and finally he's released. And I would assume there are many like this uh, where there was no charges. Some we understand signed some sort of a confession and came to some sort of a plea. Whether they were guilty or not is a different matter. Perhaps they just did it so that they could secure their release at some point. Um, are there legal consequences now for the, for the U.S. government that should be pursued? Are they willing to compensate at least monetarily? Uh, the victims of this unjust uh, detention? You know, in the United States, we are not allowed to travel to the United States or to sue the government. What the George W. Bush and his administration did, they classified all of us as enemy combatant. And the Congress issue, if anyone classified as enemy combatant, you are not allowed to sue the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. So basically, they protect themselves very well. Secondly, we I mean, like, United States, as you know, does not recognize uh, International Criminal Court. So we cannot uh, uh, sue the U.S. government there. So, <laughs> so basically, what we are trying now to find a way how we can see, you know, uh, because closing Guantanamo for us is not just shutting the, 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 the facility. We are asking for uh, acknowledgement, apologizing for what happened to us, and accountability for the, those who torture us and kidnapped us. And at the same time, we ask for reparation or compensation. That's what we are like trying to do now. That's what closing Guantanamo means if United States really want to close that, that chapter, the, the, the Guantanamo chapter. What's life like after release from Guantanamo? To what extent are you actually free? Well, that depends. I mean, like, there is an agreement between the United States and the hosting countries or the receiving countries or whatever. There should be like, you know, like monitoring those prisoners. And there was like ban on travel for amount certain time different from prisoner to prisoner. But at the same time, uh, yeah, in 2020, I finished my bachelor's degree 2021 about rehabilitation and reintegration. My thesis was about rehabilitation and reintegration of former Guantanamo detainees in the social life and labor market. When I interviewed around like over 100 prisoners about their life, I mean, it depends where you were sent. If you sent to Oman, Qatar, uh, Germany, Ireland, you are lucky because those countries' interest in your uh, being a productive member of the society. So the ten, uh, prisoners who were sent to those countries doing well, they become, you know, families, jobs, move on with their life. But another case was people sent to a countries which like uh, is. Um, uh, Eastern Europe, Albania, Serbia, and so on. There is a lot of struggle. I mean, there is focus only on the security side and monitoring and so on. And we end up like some of the time we didn't have any legal status. And the worst countries like Kazakhstan, where prisoners totally live in limbo, they, I mean, they have no legal status. They are not allowed family visit. And the government harass them for every time. 
and also, for example, the, the worst cases were also were in, in, United, in United Arab Emirates where prisoners were sent as a resettlement agreement, but they end up in jail. Still, we, we have like now we are trying to free one of the Russian prisoners who sent there. He has been there in jail for, for the last six years. Also, some of the prisoners in Saudi Arabia are still in jail. They were released in 2007 and 2015. Uh, some of them actually sentenced to death because they ha- they criticize the regime. They have problem with the judge. So I mean, like the, the main problem is that the United States does not follow the release cases. They just hand those people to those uh, governments, and that's it. Finally, then, uh, Mansoor, how many uh, detainees still remain at Guantanamo, and what does the future look like for them? You know, there are still like 34 men remaining in Guantanamo. Uh, 20 of them have been clearly released. Some of them have been clearly like 13 years ago, and to, since 2009, sorry, and uh, 10 on trial and one conviction. So far, that we are talking about uh, Guantanamo. The future of Guantanamo, honestly, is unknown until now because there is a lot of uh, problems by the Congress who, again, is the closure of the detention. I think what Biden is trying to do is like release those clear prisoners like what Obama did. And But closing Guantanamo, I think it's to be a long battle because there is a lot of problems by the Congress of moving prisoners to the United States. All right. Uh, Mansoor, shukran so much for your time this morning and for chatting to us. We really appreciate it. That was a former Guantanamo uh, Bay prisoner, Mansoor Adeifi, who's a project coordinator for CAGE.